Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. Today's passage is 1 Corinthians 12, 12 through 31. Imagine that you wake up tomorrow morning, you open your eyes, you move to get out of bed, except you don't move. In your head, you're saying, get out of bed, but your body is not moving. Somehow, through the course of the night, you have become paralyzed. Big problem or little problem? Big problem. Uh, well, let's say that you, you go to get out of bed, um, and, and let's say it's not quite so severe as that. You go to get out of bed, and it's only your left leg that's not working. Big deal or little deal? I, I, I'm going to say it's still a big deal, and I'm pretty confident that you would say that too. You would not say in that scenario, well, at least I've still got three working appendages. You would say there is something seriously wrong if one of my legs is not working. Paralysis, even if it's just of a part of the body, is a big deal. Now, this isn't ultimately just an illustration that I have come up with because God compares the church to a body. And we want every part of that body working. If one part of the body is not working and is paralyzed, that is a big deal. So let's go to 1 Corinthians 12 again. And today look at verses 12 through 31. And we're continuing to look at the subject of spiritual gifts. But today it really is summed up in this illustration of the body. Now, again, what are spiritual gifts? I think the easiest and simplest textual definition was back in verse 7, where it says, to each is given, so gift, the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. That's what a spiritual gift is, a manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. And that could look like gift, service, activities, a variety of ways that could look. And so we start today's passage in verse 12 with the introduction of this imagery of the body. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit, we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greek, slave or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. So there, one thing you need to remember is that the broader context of the book of First Corinthians, one of the biggest problems is disunity. And here you can see this imagery of the body is meant to really strike a death blow at this disunity in the church. Because it doesn't matter if you're a Jew or a Greek. It doesn't matter if you're a slave or a free or free. You are in the body of Christ. Uh, so the body of Christ, one thing that it should bring to mind is 
togetherness and in unity. And then he goes on to really strike at this idea that, well, some parts of the body are uh, more important than others. To use some, you know, animal farm language, uh, well, all the parts of the body are equal, but some are more equal than others. No, no, no. That is not how it works. In verse 14, for the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I don't belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And then he goes on to say, we need the different parts. We can't have the whole body be an eye. We can't have the whole body be an ear. We need the various parts. And so that's one of the big takeaways I want you to get from this is that in your Christian life, you need other people and other people need you. The Christian life was not meant to be lived in isolation. You need other people and other people need you. You are a part of the body. And just like your eye needs the other parts of the body and the other parts of the body need your eye, so it is with the body of Christ. And that's where I would even exhort you, you must be a part of a local church, a local body. Because if you consider this passage in context, while yes, we we can think of the body of Christ, including all believers throughout the world, the context here, though, is really focused on one local church. And Paul is writing uh, to that church about how they need each other. He's not talking about the interactions of church to church or various uh, believers all throughout the world. He's really focused on this one church. God's design for you as a Christian is to be involved in a local church where you will need other people and other people will need you. And some of you need to hear one of those more than the other, and that's The beauty of this illustration of the body is it puts us all where we need to be because some people uh, start kind of getting puffed up and getting tempted to believe, well, uh, yeah, I I don't really need other people and I'm pretty good as it is. And maybe I'm here to provide some service to to other people, but I I don't really need anything from them. That is unbiblical. That is foolish. That will lead to division within the body. Do you find yourself thinking that way? Do you find yourself showing up to church not expecting to gain anything from other people? And even though we want to show up with a mindset of service, if you show up to church and all you think is, well, what what can I give to other people today? You're missing out on the reality that you need other people. Uh, really to minister to you as a part of the body. And so this needs to bring some of us down a few pegs in our own mind uh, to remind us, I need other people. I will not be the kind of Christian that God wants me to be without other people. But some of you, you really need to be reminded that other people need you. Some people think, well, I don't really have anything to offer to the body. And that's where this passage goes to great lengths to show, no, every part of the body is indispensable. In fact, verse 22 says, on the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. 
You, you pull one part out of the body, the whole body suffers. And so if you think, well, you know, no one will miss me at church if I'm not there, that's not true. You need other people, but other people need you. And that's where I would say, get busy. You, seeking the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Get busy seeking to serve others to fulfill your role in the body. So I hope that speaks to all of us there, that you need other people and that other people need you. And I think that's so clearly seen in this image of the body. But in verses 24 and 25 and 26, I think we see some of how this passage connects with the broader picture. And again, so many times we can get sucked into 1 Corinthians 12 through 14 to study spiritual gifts, which there's some validity to that. This is one of the longer sections in scripture that speaks to that topic. But what we need to remember the broader context, and especially you see that in verse 25, it talks about how God's composed uh, the body in verse 25, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. So again, even though the topic of spiritual gifts is something that can be a source of disunity today, well, we're really missing the point if that's where we're taking this, because the whole point of Paul's teaching on spiritual gifts is to bring unity to a divided church. And the whole point of this imagery of the body is that you guys need to care for one another. And it shows itself practically in verse 26. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. We need to weep with those who weep. We need to rejoice with those who rejoice. And we need to see everyone in the church as indispensable. You shouldn't go to church saying, well, this person's important, but this person's not important. No, they are all a part of the body. And so if one is rejoicing, you should rejoice with them. If one is weeping, you should weep with them and come alongside them in their suffering. So I hope you are not missing the point of this passage. This passage should drive us towards unity. This passage should drive us towards humility. And I hope you spend some time reflecting on that as you seek to apply this, uh, these truths in the context of your local church. Now, he ends by going back to another list of gifts. And again, I would just say, notice there's some differences between this list of gifts and the one we saw earlier in chapter 12. I think that makes the point there is no exhaustive list of gifts in the Bible. So if you feel like, man, I don't know if any of these apply to me, do not panic, do not freak out. This list was not meant to be exhaustive. Uh, but he goes through these different gifts. And at the end, he says, but earnestly desire the higher gifts. And I think there's some validity to that. He's saying, hey, honor the gifts. And what does he mean by higher gifts? I think he really means the gifts that will be most useful to the body. You should desire to be useful to the body of Christ. But that usefulness needs to have its focus really on the body of Christ and not on yourself. You should not desire the higher gifts because you want to be important because the higher gifts don't make you more important because every part of the body is important. Desire the higher gifts so that you might serve the body. But then it ends with, I will show you a still more excellent way. 
Uh, And that's going to be the segue to the chapter on love, which is in the midst of this section. So earnestly desire the higher gifts. And that's where, again, I've shared my opinion that some of these gifts that we see, especially with apostles, uh, we shouldn't expect those in the church today. But I still think you should desire to be useful to the body of Christ. You should desire the gifts that are most useful, but... You must keep in mind that the point of that is serving the body, not inflating yourself. And if I haven't convinced you of that, chapter 13 tomorrow, I'm pretty convinced we'll do that. But let's remember, we are a body. You need other people. Other people need you. Let's live like that's true. Thanks for digging into God's Word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out RevivalFromTheBible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to compassbible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.